This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. Welcome back to another episode of We Art Tacoma. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg. I'm producer Doug. How are you, producer Doug? Just swell. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. It's a lovely fall day. Fall is in the air. It is. It is. And uh, that's a good time to go see a piece of theater. Go and enjoy uh, Shakespeare in Love, which opens this weekend at Tacoma Arts Live. I love having more theater in town. And our guest is uh, Victoria Ashley, who plays the lead uh, in that uh, production. Let's give it a listen. Well, we are here in the uh, Moonyard Studios with uh, Victoria Ashley. Welcome to the podcast, Victoria. Hi, thank you for having me. So you are uh, the lead in Shakespeare in Love, which opens on the 17th um, at uh, Tacoma Arts Live, which I'm very excited to hear more about. Congratulations on that uh, very cool role. Thank you. <laughs> um, but before we dive into what's happening with that, because I've always thought about it as a movie, not necessarily a stage play, so I'm interested to learn more about how that works. Um, I want to get to know you as a theater uh, theater actor, maybe dramaturg in whatever way uh, you do that. So uh, can you tell me a little bit about when you got the theater bug? I have been involved in theater ever since I was a kid, really. I did theater in high school. And I ended up majoring in theater in college. I have a BFA in theater with an emphasis in acting. Where'd you go to college? The University of Southern Mississippi. Okay. Um, Are you from that area? I am. I grew up in Mississippi, born and raised. And I worked professionally for about a year. And then me and my husband moved up here to Tacoma or the Tacoma area. Yeah. And yeah, I've been working in theater ever since. <laughs> what brought you here? Well, my husband's in the military, he's in the Air Force, and this was our first duty station. Yeah, that'll definitely do it. There's a lot of folks who have that that same story, and then they discover it's really wonderful up here and uh, stick around maybe. So tell me more about uh, some of the theater work that you've done in the area. And since I've been here, uh, we've been here for a year, I've worked with TLT. Mm -hmm. I did two shows there. I did Bell Book and Candle last season for their hundredth season and then I did uh, Laura this past spring I also and had... you were Laura right yes, yes. I was <laughs> which uh, is also a movie turned into a play I believe as well so kind of a similarity to Shakespeare in love yes in that way I I saw that movie for the first time I don't know a couple years ago and I don't know why but I didn't expect Laura to actually be in the movie like and it was like this great reveal partway through I really like that story. That's a good yeah, one. it was interesting. I was um, in the cast. They had me as a girl. Yes. They didn't They didn't have my name as Laura. And it was tricky to tell people what part I was playing in the show. I was like, well, um, you'll just have to come and find out. It's a great reveal. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's really fun. Um, I um, did my first Shakespeare production up here in Tacoma. Okay. I was cast as Rosencrantz in Hamlet with New Muses Theater Company. Wow. And that was a really fun production. I also did a production in Yelm with CRO Theater. Uh, we did The Lion in Winter. 
And that was a really fun production. I really love historical pieces. I'm a history buff and I love literature. So anything that's kind of seeped in history and literature, it's it's right up my alley. Plus great costumes when you're on stage. Absolutely. <laughs> what what keeps you uh, coming back for more with the, with the theater? I just love, for me, theater is storytelling. And I love being able to tell those stories that, you know, otherwise wouldn't be told in any other environment. I think theater is very immediate and real and visceral. And I just love that it's a safe environment to be able to ask tough questions and kind of bring up topics that otherwise wouldn't be brought up to an audience. And it kind of leaves them to decide whether or not how they want to deal with that information that you're giving them or how they're going to, you know, maybe form their own opinions about what you're asking and it's it's just real for me, and that's why I love it. That's why I keep coming back. Yeah. Um, one of the th- the recurring refrains on this podcast is the lengths that people go to make a career in the arts work. You know, the music director who is the conductor of two symp- two symphonies on either side of the United States, or uh, you know, the day jobs that people have so they can take gigs at night. What has that been like for you to to pursue this kind of a career? It's. I'm not going to lie. It's definitely been a challenge. I Growing up in the South, in that demographic, to say that you're majoring in theater and you're going to make a career out of theater is tricky. Um, I don't want to speak for everyone in the South, but I know from my experience, I received a lot of questions of how are you going to make money with that? How are you going to make a career out of that? How are you going to live off of that? Right. And it's it was tricky to navigate. And... I keep my philosophy in life with it is just I choose to wake up every day and work hard at my craft. And I'm realistic about it. I'm also a teaching artist. I have that to kind of fall back on. And that's one of the reasons why I majored in theater and got my BFA was to be able to teach it and to kind of have that to fall back on as a way of not only furthering my craft and learning more about it in terms of acting and directing and possibly playwriting and possibly just a theater maker in general. Um, but yeah, I would say I that sort of is my day job. Yeah. I do have a passion for teaching theater as well as being involved in, in acting and directing. And I'm just starting to get into it. In the past year, I've directed three shows. Wow. Um, children's plays and mm-hmm. I'm it's a passion that I didn't really know that I had so um that's been really fun to kind of explore and and get into and just see if I can take it further yeah I think I've been a uh dabbler in theater for 20 years and there's a lot there's so many different ways that you can find a voice in it whether it's on stage or behind stage prop sets I think it, there's a lot of opportunities that people don't necessarily think about yeah, they don't. I mean, there's so many different. There's when I was in college, I um, I didn't just take acting courses. I um, we I had a very well-rounded theater education. Um, I learned everything from setting lights to costume maintenance to painting, and you know, there's just 
so many different avenues that in jobs that theater creates that I don't think people realize right. how much goes into a theater production. Right. It's so much more than just what you the final product that you see on stage. Yeah. There's so much more. It's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more that's going on underneath that people just don't even realize. And has applications to other jobs if you if someone needs them in you know event management, event production. Like there's a lot of places where theater theater nerds are really in demand to make really great events and things like that. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what would you, I, I mean, I guess this isn't even hypothetical since you work with uh, young people doing theater education, but like what do you tell uh, people who are interested in getting into theater? How accessible is it, do you think, to someone who uh, sees a show and they're inspired uh, to start getting involved? What, what would you recommend to them? I would say it's very accessible. It, You'd be surprised. I, The show that I'm currently directing right now, I had more young male actors show up than I did female actors. And that's, that's, un- un- that's very, very unusual. unusual. And they were, they're extremely excited. They're incredibly talented. And I think for kids, specifically working with children in theater, they're not necessarily interested in theater to make a career out of it, but yeah. theater is sort of an outlet for them at that age yeah. to do something different. You know, they don't really know what they want to do at that point, but they know that they want to do something different and outside of the norm. And theater is a good way to help them explore. Maybe maybe they won't make a career out of theater, but it's a good way for them to explore their creativity and explore something more than they want, that what, you know, people are... Trying to fit them into some specific mold. You know, theater is a way for you to kind of break out of that and and ask yourself, what is it that I want to do? Well, this is a safe space for me to explore that. Yeah. I had an experience this summer after, I think, uh, high school. I was the stage manager for a high school community production of... um, and of Green Gables. And we were a small group, and there was a parent who came, and he's like, "I'm instead of just sitting around tonight, like, do you need any help? And I put him on the light board, and, like, he'd never done anything like it before. But he was great at it, and I was telling him, hey, try this, and, let's, and, and like, it was very accessible. Like, it was something where suddenly he had a a skill or an understanding of theater in a way that he hadn't before. And all he did just say, like, I don't, don't just want to sit here tonight. Like, what can I do? And I think people, especially in theater, there's always something. <laughs> I mean, exactly. that's what's great about it. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we uh, take a break? And then when we come back, I want to hear more about Shakespeare in Love. Okay. Okay. This is Alaska Airlines mileage plan MVP, Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Nerd Farmer. Hope and I are setting off on a new adventure. We're moving to the Middle East for the next few years and exploring a new culture. Don't worry, don't worry. The Nerd Farmer podcast isn't going anywhere. But do you know what is coming with us? My Alaska Airlines mileage plan. Here's what's cool. Alaska has more than 15 global partners, which allows me to earn and use Alaska miles even when I'm not flying Alaska. So if I leave SeaTac and fly direct to Dubai on Emirates on an eligible fare, I'm going to earn Alaska miles on that flight. That means whenever I fly home, I'm going to be racking up some insane miles that I can use to book future travel. If you have an international vacation plan, check out the list of Alaska Airlines partners like Japan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Qantas, and a whole lot more. Enter your Alaska Airlines mileage plan number when you book with Alaska Global Partners and watch those miles add up toward elite status on your next trip. My thanks to Alaska Airlines for their continued support of Channel 253. 
Learn more at alaskaair.com backslash global partners. And we are back with Victoria Ashley to talk about Shakespeare in Love, which is the new Tacoma Arts Live production. Uh, which of the theaters is, is it in at uh, Tacoma Arts Live? Theater on the Square. Theater on the Square. That's a beautiful space, holds three 300 people-ish or something like that. Yes. Really intimate venue for uh, a great piece of theater. Tell me – well, actually, how about this? Not tell me. Tell the listeners, if there's anyone who hasn't seen the movie, just what would you tell them about this show? So Shakespeare in Love is not necessarily a Shakespearean production. It is a contemporary play about what we believe – who he was at during this time, Shakespeare as a young playwright. Um, and he's kind of struggling to find his inspiration and find a muse. He's got a lot of people breathing down his neck to write a new piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's experiencing a horrible case of writer's block. And so he ends up meeting this young woman, Viola de Lesseps. Played by yourself. Yes. Just, just throwing that out just there. Just throwing that out there. And he meets this woman, and it's sort of about their journey of not only falling in love with each other, but her kind of discovering herself and who she is and her potential as an artist um, because she wants to be an actor on stage. And during this time, it was illegal for women to be on stage. They could not perform as actors. They could see theater, but even then it was frowned upon. You know, theaters were considered... Not appropriate for well-born ladies. Right. So it's a it's a fun story that's just completely filled with the. It's very fast-paced and it's full of romance and sword fights and comedy and then you. It's all wrapped up in Shakespeare's beautiful language and and, a, and kind of a. I wouldn't go so far as to say a play within a play, but there's Romeo and Juliet as kind of like a, a centerpiece of it, right? At least again, I'm quoting from the movie here, not. Uh, the stage play, but that's uh, kind of the inspiration for Romeo and Juliet is yes. a recurring theme. Yes, it, it's the idea that the experience that he is having with Viola, falling in love with her, is inspiring him to write about Romeo and Juliet falling in love with each other. And their relationship sort of parallels the relationship with Romeo and Juliet, which is... It's beautiful. It really yeah. is. The they um the language and the pieces from Romeo and Juliet that he uses is it's really beautiful. That's great. So, um do you have any any memories of this of this movie growing up? Like was this a, an important movie to you in any way or is it now something that you're rediscovering now that you're in the show? I honestly can't remember when I first watched <laughs> this film. I when I um, was going to audition for this show, I rewatched the sure. film to kind of get an idea of of what the show was about and um, this character. But the play is a little bit different from the show in the sense that it's trickier when it since it's on the stage. Sure. You know, in film, you have where. You can easily have five different angles of the same shot. You can cut away if you, you need to. You can cut away if you need to. You can take a break if you need to. And with this show, it's all happening at once, live, in the moment. So you kind of have to pace yourself and yeah. make sure that your intentions are grounded and ready to go Okay. in order for the audience to fully be on board with you. Sure. That makes sense. 
What is that like for you? And I guess, again, this applies to both Laura and also this this show. But what's it like to be in a role that was made iconic by, like, Gwyneth Paltrow or something like that? Like, what is that like? Does it inform your performance at all? I try not to let other people's, you know, work affect mine. And I don't say that in a, you know, snobbish way. I just, I try to bring my own sort of spin on a character, you know, grounded in the script, grounded in the work that I've been doing with the director and my fellow actors. But I try to bring my own honesty and integrity to the character. Yeah. Yeah. Are there, maybe without uh, making, have any, you know, hashtag spoilers, but like, how how different do you think this is from the movie? Is it is it something that that is a whole whole recreation, or is it almost like an adaptation in the same way that it, movies are often adaptations of books? How do you think about that? I I honestly think it's a recreation of the film, and I say that not that it's better than the film, but it enhances what the screenplay originally it's, you know starts over kind of yes yeah. Um, it celebrates the magic of theater. It really does. It celebrates theater makers and struggling artists mm-hmm. and the whole idea of your passions and your drive being suppressed in a society that tells you what to create and how to create when all you want to do is just have the freedom to create how you you want to create. Yeah. <laughs> and that's putting it simply, but I think it's a it's a piece of theater that just celebrates what it means to be an artist. And for my character, specifically Viola, what it means to be a female artist, because that is a whole new idea for this time period. And she's sort of discovering what that means throughout this play. And it's a really fun journey. It's terrifying for her, but it's a it's a fun journey to be on. Yeah. Do you think so? So one of the th- interesting parts of this movie, which is now like 20, 21 years old or something like that, there's a real gender bending nature to it, you know, where the uh, Viola, am I saying that right? Did I get the right pronunciation? Yes. <laughs> okay, Viola, um, in order to be in it, becomes uh, a, a male yes. uh, and uh, presents herself that way. Do you think that in those 20 years that is this script any different in that way? How do you how do you think that this play informs some of those questions, if at all, around gender presentation and identity? Well, I think for this particular play, you have to look at the historical kind of aspect of it. It's because women were not allowed to be on stage. It's sort of it's a huge risk that she takes. You know, if she's discovered, she could potentially you know, ruin the rest of her life, you know, ruin the reputation of her family. So I think, and in the play, it's kind of, there's a lot of, it's grounded in comedy, you know, her being disguised as a male and taking on that alias as Thomas Kent. But I think for her, it's so much more, it it shows the, how far she's willing to go to be on stage and to prove to all of the other well, to all the other men, that she can not only do this role, but she can do it exceptionally well. Yeah. What's that like for you? What as an act, uh, just as an actor's challenge to play both Thomas Kent and uh, Viola? It's very tricky um, because I don't want to. Me as the actor, I don't want to prepare for the male role as Victoria. I want to 
prepare for Viola preparing for the role. Mm. So I have to kind of look at it from her perspective. How would she prepare for this role? It's sort of like actor inception. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's, you know, Viola playing Kent, playing Romeo. Right. Oh, that's true. I hadn't even thought of the third level of that. Yes. So I, but that's how I've kind of approached it. I don't want to approach it as how would I play Thomas Kent? No, it's how would Viola play Thomas Kent? She's discovering how to be an actor for the first time. How would she prepare for that? How much is she relying on instinct versus what she's seen at the playhouse and how that all ties into her character work and the physicality of playing a man and keeping up the the guise of, I have to, you know, yeah. I can't be discovered. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, so, the big the big opening is uh, October. Is it seventeenth or eighteenth? Seventeenth uh, is preview night. Okay. And the eighteenth is our official opening night. Yep, and that's Friday. Yes. Yes, and then it runs for a couple of weeks, right? Three weekends. Three weekends. So we have ten performances total. Wonderful, and uh, people can get their tickets at TacomaArtsLive.com. Org, I think. I believe so, yes. <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes just to make sure if anyone uh, is looking for that. Uh, are you uh, are you on the interwebs at all that, that anyone could find you if they want to uh, follow your journey? Yeah, absolutely. I have an Instagram page. Okay. I can't tell you my username. Okay. <laughs> but um, just look me up, Victoria Ashley. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. And one of the things I also like to do at the end of each show is just ask, is there any organi- organization or individual artist in the area who you think is doing really great work could be doesn't have to be anyone associated with Tacoma Arts Live or uh, this particular particular production, but just anyone who you uh, think is doing a great job and you want to give a shout out to. I would love to get a sh- give a shout out to my co-star, my Will in the show, the Will Shakespeare. Yes. His name is Rodman Bolick, and he's doing an incredible job. We actually worked together on Laura. Oh wow. This past spring. And it was interesting because that was the last show I did before Shakespeare in Love. So Mm -hmm. when I found out I was working with him again, I was thrilled, obviously. Um, He's just such a giving partner. And we've come a long way to build these characters in this relationship. And it's, it's a really special show to me. And I know it is to him, too. And he's just doing some incredible work. He never stops. (laughs) He's just doing back to back shows. And he's. He's just a power machine, so I just want to give him a shout-out. That's wonderful. Okay, and if people want to see that relationship on stage, it opens Friday and runs for the next three weeks. Thank you again, Victoria, for being on the podcast, and I hope people come see you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, Go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.